You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. New York Mets finally did it. Darren Ruff was designated for assignment. We're going to discuss that on today's show. Also, Tim LaCastro made the team. So in the first segment, we'll dive into the Ruff call. On uh, the second segment, a little bit about Tim LaCastro and how this roster now fits together now that we know all of the different pieces on the position player side. Then in the final segment, David Peterson will be part of the opening day rotation. I'll discuss that decision a little bit as well. Before we get into any of it, I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FickelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Now, the New York Mets made... Uh, the tough decision, or I guess the rough decision, I'm sorry, it's a bad pun, but they did it. They finally cut him. Darren Ruff is gone. No longer a member of the New York Mets. They have designated him for assignment, ending what was an absolutely brutal uh, experience since making the trade to acquire him at the deadline. The Mets send three pitching prospects and J.D. Davis to the Giants for what amounts to you know two months of Darren Ruff services where he hit below the Mendoza line, slugged below 200, no home runs. His way to runs created plus, which measures hitters based on a league average of 100, was 24. That is like a pitcher hitting. That is 76% worse than your league average hitter. That is atrocious. Comes to camp, we hear about wrist arthritis. Whether it's the wrist, whether it's the fact that it never seemed like he was comfortable wearing a Mets uniform for whatever that was worth, Darren Ruff was never going to work for the Mets, and I'm happy they've decided to punt on him. And honestly, this is the third time they've done it over the past year, so you have to give the Mets credit now that they won't just sit in their mistakes. They won't just just bask in the the errors of the past and, and let them haunt the present. Uh, last year, Robinson Cano, that obviously that was a big, big, big expenditure, so you're not going to just cut him, um, even if they maybe should have. Um, you know, like before the season, I mean, if you had hindsight, you go back to the beginning of last offseason, you DFA Robinson Cano, you cut him outright, or you, you know, you non tender him, and you sign Kyle Schwarber for that spot. And instead of Daniel Vogel back and all these different things the Mets have been trying to do to fill that DH spot, they'd have an awesome guy there. So, so that was. Uh, an error of the past that hurt them in the present at the beginning of the season, but it was $20 million. He was good in the 2020 season. You understood why they had to give him a chance. He was bad. They moved on. James McCann, albatross of a contract, just awful. What I did this offseason, they eat almost all the money to send him to Baltimore. You know, out of sight, out of mind, don't worry about him. You bring in Omar Narvaez. Now, Darren Ruff, struggle, 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 struggles. Doesn't look like he's going to be able to hit in a Mets uniform. And so they decide to to just bite the bullet and let go of him. Now, in his place, Tim LaCastro is going to get the final roster spot. I have some gripes about the fact that the prospects did not make the team. And, you know, I, I was hypothesizing that maybe it was because they wanted to hold on to all of their veterans. 
when they made that decision. I thought Ruff was one of the reasons why they might have optioned those guys. I'm happy to find out that was not the case, that they instead decided to go with Tim LaCastro as the fourth outfielder that brings them speed and defense. It makes a lot of sense. But it also makes me look at Tommy Pham with a side eye of, that's one you want to have back too. I said it on yesterday's show. You know, you have a, a trade you'd wish you had back and a signing you wish you had back that have limited the potential of this roster. Tim LaCastro should be part of this team. He brings them an element that they couldn't find elsewhere. He's you know really the only other legitimate center fielder on this roster besides Brandon Nimmo. Mark Canna can play out there. Obviously, Starling Marte was a center fielder, but you want to keep him in right field, keep him comfortable. That's going to be his position for you know the final three years of this four-year contract as it was last year. He likes to stay in one spot for a whole season. So you're not going to move him around a bunch. So with Brandon Nimmo a little bit banged up, seems like he's going to be fine, obviously, for opening day. But you might not want to start him you know, in each of the first 10 games of the season. You need another option. Now, Mark Canna, again, could shift out there. Tim LaCastro, much better option. Tommy Pham, they played him in, in center a little bit in spring. He, he's a left fielder, not necessarily even a great one. So that's where the Mets have gone here. Uh, that's the way the roster shapes out. I wish that Tommy Pham was not part of this team, and instead you'd have Mark Vientos part of this team, you know, or you'd have Brett Beatty part of this team. But they made that decision for those prospects. They want them in Syracuse. They want them to continue to develop. And really, we'll see exactly, um, you know, where things go with those guys. But at least it's not, oh, we can't cut Darren Ruff. I'm glad that that's not behind the rationale so that gives me a a little you know less frustration towards the front office and making the decision they did on vientos and Beatty. because if ruff made the roster i'd be like how are you rostering this guy they're not doing that they're rostering someone in lacastro that brings something that Beatty and vientos do not speed and defense so for the fit that they're going for this makes sense but as we look at the roster i still have some concerns at third base in DH with Eduardo Escobar, with, I guess, Tommy Pham now as the compliment to Vogelback. So how do they answer those concerns, and how quickly do you end up going to what I still think is the better players in Beatty and Vientos? I want to discuss how this roster is now taking shape now that it's complete when it comes to the position players. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, you can feel like it's a high-stakes wager to try to find someone to work for your company because you just don't know what's out there, and sometimes things can be a little misleading when you're in the hiring process. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They'll provide you with simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
Now that we know the Mets' decision on Darren Ruff and also on including Tim LaCastro on this roster, we have a team that's set here. So let's dive into what the Mets will look like on opening day. You got Brandon Nimmo. Going to be starting in center field, likely batting second. I think is going to be Starling Marte. I bet the Mets rolled the same lineup from last year. So that's center right, first, second in your lineup. Lindor playing short, batting third. Pete Alonso likely batting cleanup, starting at first. Daniel Vogelback batting fifth as the DH against Sandy Alcantara. So left on right matchup. He's going to take a lion's share of those. Six, probably Jeff McNeil, even though I hate the fact that Jeff McNeil's not in the top three of this lineup as you know the best pure hitter on the roster. Seventh, Mark Canna's my guess, out in left field. Eighth, where are they going to go? Eduardo Escobar's my guess. I guess those two guys could flip, but it's going to be Escobar now, probably starting most days, left and right, whatever side he's going to hit from as a switch hitter. He's going to be out there, it seems like, unless they're going to spare him a little bit with Guillaume, but they won't do that on opening day. And then you'll close it out with Omar Nervais, the left-handed hitting catcher. Now, on your bench, Tomas Nito. You got Giorme, as mentioned. You got Tommy Pham. And you got Tim LaCastro now. So when you flip over and you got a left-handed pitcher, Jesus Lazardo might be the number two for the Marlins. I'm not sure how their rotation shaping up. He's certainly the pitcher that I would consider the second best on that team. I'm not sure if he starts game two. If he does... Well, now you got to see the lineup against a left-handed pitcher, and I don't know exactly how they shape it up. One through four, probably the same, I would think. Um, you know, maybe fifth, you're going to bat McNeil against lefties. I don't know, but the bottom line is at third base, you'll still have Escobar. Uh, in the outfield, it should still be Canna. The only question would then be who's DH, and it seems like Tommy Pham would be the DH against left-handed pitching. So the DH platoon, instead of being rough and Vogelback, it's going to be Vogelback and Fam. Now, Tim LaCastro is your you know utility outfielder, the fourth outfielder, the guy that's going to back up left, center, and right, the guy that's going to be the defensive replacement late in games, and the guy that can swipe a bag for you at any time, something he's really, really good at. And with these expanded bases, something he can excel at even further. He was perfect in spring at stealing bases. So that is a weapon that Buck Walter has on his bench, and I'm sure he'll go to it. So I like that. Guillaume backs up all of your infield spots. That's great. We know what he does with the glove. We know that he gets on base at a 350 clip. Honestly, I'd prefer if they started the season with Guillaume and Escobar platooning at third base than giving Escobar everyday reps. Can we please look at the splits in the Mets front office and understand that Eduardo Escobar outside of a great September was terrible facing right-handed pitching last year. Was not good against lefties. Amazing. And he has a perfect role on this team as the right-handed complement to a platoon at third base, or even as a better version of whatever Tommy Pham's going to give you as the right-handed complement at DH to Daniel Vogelback. And that's my issue again because I think Brett Beatty's a better third baseman. I also think that you know Mark Vientos is a better option than Tommy Pham to complement Daniel Vogelback, and a much better option at that. So this is where, again, some of these pass moves kind of haunt the Mets a little bit because you sign Tommy Pham to be the fourth outfielder. He's not even the fourth outfielder anymore. That's Tim LaCastro. You know, if you need someone to play center field, you're not going to Pham. I, I think if Tommy Pham proved he could play center field, Tim LaCastro isn't on this team. But I don't think he can go out there and play that position. I think he can play left. And 
you're hoping that he gives you something offensively. But my problem with Tommy Pham, he's never played a role in his career. Not to say Mark Vientos has, but I'm concerned that Buck Showalter is going to do what's best to get Pham right so Pham can produce, which he has to do as his manager to get the most out of your team. But that's going to mean Tommy Pham's going to slide into this lineup two to three times a week, which could take at-bats away from Mark Canna. You know, I don't know how much it'll eat into Vogelback's playing time. I think Vogelback is going to be the DH against, you know, right-handed pitching pretty much every time there is a righty. But, you know, Fam will get some against lefties, but there's going to be other instances where they want to get Fam out there against a righty, and Canna's going to be the casualty. Now, they'll mix and match, and it'll be all right, but I do wonder how far into the season are the Mets going to be before they look at Escobar and Fam and some of these guys that are making up their at-bats and realize that their lineup's a lot better with Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos in it, where if Brett Beatty is your starting third baseman and Eduardo Escobar's platooning with him and Vientos is platooning with Vogelback, well, now look at your team. You know, on days when you're facing a lefty, you got Escobar from his better side and Mark Vientos as opposed to Vogelback and Beatty. And when you're facing righties most days, well, look how deep your lineup gets when you got Beatty in there and Vogelback is still doing his thing. Uh, I, I just think that the, the fam signing was a reaction to the fact that they needed one more bat. That's what they thought when they got Correa. And if they had Carlos Correa, obviously that's a completely different equation. And then Conforto falls off the board. And A.J. Pollock falls off the board. And Duval falls off the board. And so you grab the last bat available, the last guy who's looking for a chair. You know, and you're just like, all right, well, we'll, we'll pull in Tommy Pham. And I don't think he serves a clear function on this roster. I think Tim LaCastro was a better fit on the roster as the fourth outfielder, and that's why he's ultimately on the team. But Mark Vientos has proven everything he needs to in AAA and could be a much more high upside option that could take this lineup to heights that you know they didn't reach last year against left-handed pitching, and once again they let this guy down. And I got to say, you know, had they trusted Mark Vientos last June when J.D. Davis was stinking up the joint, and they kept rolling him out there instead of, you know, then punting on JD to get Darren Ruff and Darren Ruff was bad. Man, all you should have done is promote Mark Vientos last June. Yes, would he have sunk a little bit like he did when they called on him in a pennant race? Potentially. But you would have got him some experience and you would have known what you had. And who knows? Maybe if you drop him into the lineup in June. In July, if he had got some regular run, maybe he starts to heat up. And suddenly, August, September, Mark Vientos is realizing his potential. And now this season, you don't have to worry about that. And you have you know three or four prospects still in your system that you didn't have to trade to get Darren Ruff. So I think they have continued to mismanage Mark Vientos you know, dating back to last season. And now... Tommy Pham is the obstacle standing in his way. And I'm just curious, as a team that has proven that they will punt on mistakes, how soon will they realize that Tommy Pham is a mistake? Or will Tommy Pham prove me wrong, step up, and have a great season, and make me eat my words? I've done it before. I am more than happy to be wrong when I think a Mets player is not going to succeed. I have a Jonathan VR jersey in my closet to prove it. So maybe Tommy Pham's the guy this year. I'll go out and buy a Tommy Pham jersey. If he posts uh, OPS over 760, uh, you know, through the first couple months of the season, I just don't see it. 
We'll see what happens. It's a challenge. I hope he proves me wrong. Uh, last bit of news to get to on today's show. David Peterson, part of the team, which we knew was going to happen, but more importantly, he has grabbed the spot in that rotation. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. Before we do, though, the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you all have your favorite Built Bars or Built Bar Puffs. Now it's time to make that count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite Bar or Puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. Not only that, Locked On fans will win one, sorry, excuse me, one special Locked On fan is going to win an unbelievable prize of a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. It's so amazing and it's actually good for you. What makes Built Bars and Built Puffs so good is they're covered 100% real chocolate, but they come low in fat. They're high in protein. You don't have to worry about a bunch of calories. These are a delicious treat you don't have to feel bad about. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bars or puffs. Pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick today. When it comes to Mets roster decisions, I have not been happy since I was sitting at a Goodwill parking lot at 4.30 in the morning in cold Indiana over the winter when Carlos Correa was a New York Met and we had all of that fun. That's the last time I was excited and happy about a roster decision because since then, it was the signing of Tommy Pham. It has been Edwin Diaz, not a decision, but something they had to react to, of course, going down. It has been... Uh, the optioning of Alvarez, which I was okay with, but then Beatty and Vientos. We thought Darren Ruff was going to stick around. I guess that is one I'm happy with and Tim LaCastro making the team. But really, the one that has me thrilled and excited on today's show, that David Peterson is in the starting rotation. I was nervous. I was nervous that the Mets were going to do something silly and put Tyler McGill in the rotation. And when McGill you know, was bad his last two times out, walked five batters apiece, I was a little bit eased. I was like, okay, they're not going to screw this one up. And they didn't. David Peterson will get the second start of the season. So not the fifth starter, the second starter. Only in formality based on how they're setting up their rotation. He is, you know, the fifth starter added. But this is a great opportunity for Peterson. You know, Jose Quintana, we're not going to see him for months, right? Earliest is probably around the All-Star break. Everything breaks right. Likely, I think. Might not even be until August. So, Quintana's kind of out of the picture. No one is pushing David Peterson from this rotation unless he drops the ball himself. So, he has a wide berth now to take the ball every fifth day, to be the left-handed starter in this rotation full of righties, and to dominate, man. I'm not saying he's going to go up and win a Cy Young this year or be an all-star. But can David Peterson put together a season where he makes you know, 28 to 30 starts, pitches over 150 innings for the first time, and pitches to a sub-3-5 ERA, I think he can. I think he's going to strike out a ton of batters. Um, if I was to look at the Mets starting rotation, there's a lot of strikeouts in it now. Verlander Scherzer, we know what you're going to get there. Senga going to strike out some batters. 
I think Peterson's going to strike out a lot of batters this year. That slider's nasty. The fastball, it plays up. He's continued to add velo to it. And you got to remember, he's six foot six from the left side with great extension. Man, that fastball up in the zone jumps on batters, and then you bury the slider. He is a very tough at bat now, and I'm thrilled for him. So now your rotation's set, your lineup's set, your bench is set. Last thing we're waiting on is to know the bullpen. Tommy Hunter did make the team. Uh, they did option guys like Jeff Brigham, uh, TJ McFarland, uh, you know, Yakabonis. A lot of guys end up going down at this point. To, to guess where they're at based on the players that are left here, you know you're going to have Robertson, Adovino. Assuming Brooks Raley is healthy and ready to go, you got him. You have Drew Smith. You have Tommy Hunter. That's five. You have three more spots to fill. I don't believe McGill makes it now. I think he starts the year in AAA. You have two guys with no options, Steven Nogasek and Daniel Santana. Uh, the guy that just earned it, Dennis Santana. Dennis or Daniel? I'm sorry. He's new to the Mets. I apologize. Uh, but he's in the mix with the good slider, so they got him. Um, so I think that's probably two of those spots. And then I think John Curtis grabs the last one. That would be my guess. We'll see what happens, and we'll be breaking that down over the final few episodes this week. That's going to be all for today's show. At some point, I believe Tuesday, the audio is going to go up. Wednesday, the video is going to go up uh, for our NL East preview. It's with all five of the National League East hosts. Uh, So make sure you check that out on the channel. I'm going to keep doing uh, my thing five days a week. So I'll have, I think, one more episode for you. I don't believe, unless there's any more roster news, I'll have another one for Tuesday. This will kind of operate as the Tuesday episode. Uh, But as soon as there is something else to discuss, we'll get there. And I'll give you a couple more ahead of opening day. And I'm going to be there. Uh, First couple games of the season are in Miami. I'm in South Florida, so me and my dad will be in the ballpark looking forward to to watching this team in person. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. This is where you want to go to win your league this year, to be ready for your draft, to be ready throughout the season, knowing the waiver wire pickups to make and all of that good stuff when it comes to fantasy. Check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.